0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to the Trample Bet Podcast for Saturday the 20th of March 2021. I'm your host John Walker and with me as always is Andy Vaughan. Good afternoon John. And Gordo. Hello! You guys are the, the podcast gurus this week, because you have been
0: covering Cheltenham. I am seeing Gordon's house for the first time. <laughs> 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 always, assumed, <laughs> always assumed that you maybe just lived in a cave, you know, yeah. when you do those Al-Qaeda videos.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking... I was thinking <laughs> using
0: like, their studio to save on costs.
2: I was, I was more thinking along the lines of, like, I thought you were going to say, I didn't realise it wasn't, like, some lower league French town stadium <laughs> you lived in, like... <laughs> Uh, but yes, this is I, I I've removed the trample bed background because of my lovely tangerine painting. So lovely. I thought you would enjoy that. Dundee I are do enjoy and I
1: feel in this week's special guest, you thought he was dead, but he is not. Osama bin Laden. Yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> he's back out giving his uh, giving his picks.
0: Well, that's an unusual start to this week's podcast, I will say that. I think Gordon Eye's i's brain is fried from all the all the oh, kind festival work that we've been putting on.
1: How's it been going then? How's how's the podcasting been doing this every day for our for our dedicated patrons? Hard work,
0: but great fun. Yeah, um, really really enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if we would actually been there this year, it would have been so much harder. So I guess coronavirus and COVID restrictions have actually meant our job <laughs> to be slightly slightly easier. I'm certainly uh, less so cool than I would have been for all of it, which is good.
1: It's been actually really cool to see because it's been really it's been the first real spike we've had on patron subscribers um mm. this week due to the Cheltenham Festival being there and the fact that Andy and Gordo were covering every single day. And we have had new patrons, Mitchell Smith, Josh Krask, and Dylan Barry have all joined the Trample Bet Club, five fifty a month. Really appreciate you for joining. Hope you're enjoying the episodes. Hope you're enjoying the fact that we have just called out that we can see Gordo's bedroom, which means yes, you will be yeah. able to see that when we post these (laughs) videos, which is always a a really interesting um, podcast bit when you mention something that's visible.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, sure.
1: Essentially, yeah. (laughs) But thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. It does help so much with all the costs that we have we have in current and um, obviously sports social are helping us with some of those now on their podcast network but we do have other costs that we have to work with things like zoom things like vimeo to get these videos uploaded so any help through the uh, subscriptions we really appreciate 550 a month patreon.com forward slash trample bet let's go into the picks from last week it wasn't our greatest week but it started well started well i'm always happy when we get our bankers in I was in the Australian A-League. I went Melbourne victory versus Adelaide. A goal in the second half. 1-5. As per usual, I downplayed it. There was two goals. There was a third goal chopped off. Game finished 3-1. Two of those goals were in the second half. I think I said it was coming after 50 minutes. I think I had to keep his waiting until 61-62. But it breezed in. I know these odds are shit, right? But this is happening. You excuse Brisbane Brisbane Roar. This happens in every game in the A-League. They're the only team that have stung me in a year and a half of A-League bets so so happy the goal came in should have went for two
0: shat it again my banker also came in um, Saturday morning nice early start in Japan Kawasaki Frontale against Kashiwa Rezo uh, Kawasaki got the win 80th minute goal but it was coming all game uh, Kashiwa Rezo must have been knackered They basically played a full court press for 90 minutes and did very well just to keep it to 1-0 but another win for Kawasaki another banker in.
1: We said it in the group chat, Andy, but we need to bring in this chat. Their name is Kawasaki Infrontal. Yeah, I love it. That is their new nickname. love Um, that sort of chat. It's just brilliant. What happened during the week, Landy? What happened yesterday with Kawasaki Infrontal?
0: Well, uh, (laughs) guys in the Facebook group will know because I did post about it. Unbelievable. They conceded a 100th minute equaliser against Vissal Kobe. A 100th minute. You heard that right. 100th minute. It was meant to be seven minutes of stoppage time. So everything about it was just not very nice, and the goal was a header that barely got over the line. It had so little power on it. Um I think I said, John, I believe you could have saved it. <laughs> like genuinely, if you were playing in nets, you
2: you probably You'd be could annoyed have saved in it. a game of fives if the guy let um, it in. Essentially, to I be fair, the cap.
1: I feel like Andy. We've called this out a few times, and now I'm I'm removing my cash out rant here, right? But we have called out, you've been stung so many times in that league from 95 minutes onwards. Oh, ridiculous, ridiculous late goals.
0: Yeah. I don't
1: don't cash out. I think you need to make an exception to that rule. If it's J-League, you follow John's rules and you jump because that's going to, I'm going to start tracking how many times you're stung 95 plus in that league.
2: I don't know how you have okay.
0: time, and hopefully, to do that <laughs> and hopefully it's not, hopefully it's not enough um, all those little £1 and one pound fifties that I'm accumulating by letting them ride hopefully uh, makes it all worthwhile by the end of the season so That's
1: I know we've ranted about this so many times but that's the thing that's really bugging me about VAR just now is everyone seems to be going backwards on how to use it and they're getting slower see if I look at the Arsenal Burnley game a couple of weeks ago and it was the Eric Peters clearance off the line which after one replay, Steve McManaman had already said, oh, it's not a handball, it's at his shoulder. And it Mm -hmm. took three and a half minutes to get the right decision. That Steve McManaman had correctly seen off of one replay. And it
0: fucking ages. They are terrified of getting it wrong. But they do anyway. I I know, I know, but it's that's that's what's causing it they're absolutely terrified of negative press and getting it wrong when they've gone but that's why it's taking so long like I hate VAR anyway I'd, I'd, I'd just do away with it but it's like you see your odds like
1: obviously we we know I'm the shite bag of the group so when there's a cash out available I'm looking at it but i am surprised you co- put
2: any bets on <laughs> they'll just
1: keep your money just saving it <laughs> here's bets I might have put on just yeah,
2: send you a picture of
0: a <laughs> and then would it cashed out Yeah, I cashed out four (laughs) minutes in. I only only lost four
1: pounds. But you see these leagues inexplicably change odds, right? So see, the thing I love to do is I love to bet and play for a goal, like going into 70 minutes. Hmm. So see if you're looking at J League, Portuguese League, which are two of the worst culprits for using VAR and taking too long. You can get really high odds going into the last 10 minutes if you've been watching the game. Because you'll you know if you have been watching much. it, there's yeah. going to actually be 16, 17 minutes left and not the eluded 10. That's a farce. So you, you can make good money. But the flip side of that is if you have a team to win and it hits 90 minutes and it flashes up 10 minutes added time, your cash out drops right away
2: because they're going 10 minutes to get an equaliser here. Yes. Yeah. So play it both sides. I uh, My banker also came in. Um, this was Interweight Torino, not the clean win we were hoping for. Nope. Uh Inter went up one 0 Torino went back and drew it one each and then Inter got a late goal to win the game. Uh you posted that Lukaku actually missed a sitter after that 3-1. Uh, on the, to make it three one on the minus markets. Happy with it just coming in. Kicked off at four eleven. So a decent price banker. And, uh, yeah, Inter's... They would have been my uh, banker this week had the their game not been postponed according to flash score for COVID. So, um, yeah, good win for Inter. And uh, as was quoted in the podcast, Lukaku is an absolute beast. He's <laughs> and, so uh, good, man. Yeah. So, yeah, banker in. And going
1: on to things you called correctly, Gordo, um, in the Croatian Premier League, I took Gorica versus Hadjik Splat. I took the away side. Um, to win it five to four, I thought Hadjik to win. I said it would be one nil. What I didn't bank on was Hadji deciding to score for Goricha, which yeah. I said I couldn't see them scoring. Um, so the own goal, the own goal gave them the lead, and then it was all Hadji. But it was such a, it needed to be one nil. See the minute I got that alert, to say it was one that great I was like, "This isn't fucking coming." This yes, is
2: done. I'm gonna, have no, to uh, face,
1: I'm gonna have to face God, on knowing he was
2: right. I think, I think, uh, I think it's much easier to pick apart other people's picks than <laughs> yeah. to give your own. To be honest, however, and I don't, I don't often disagree with it, but just that one looked drawy. But I mean, my outsider had back as a draw, and there was four unanswered goals from one team. So again, <laughs> okay, what can what can you really say there? <laughs> uh, but yeah, you were unlucky, John. You have one goal in it, so.
0: Um, my value pick came good. This was probably my best shout of the week uh, by far. Bronby to win away at Odensey, um, and I was pretty confident in it um, after, after drilling down. If you remember last week's uh, sort of write up or explanation of why this was an excellent bet, and Bromby won 3 0. They were 3 0 up at half time. So the extenders stay at the top of the table, and they uh, produced as an 8 7 winner
2: that was excellent and um, but I didn't follow up my value with anything of value for the podcast. A very disappointing one each draw with Pohang and Ulsan Hyundai. Uh, Ulsan Hyundai also went on to lose midweek. Um, so they they don't really know what's going on with them. Uh, Pohang had more of the ball, which is unusual in a game for Ulsan Hyundai. They the disappointing thing for me is that they took the lead. Generally when they take the lead and as they did last season, they tend to extend like they were, they were culpable occasionally of getting losing. Uh, sorry, drawing nil nil when the other team just banked all their men in, but it wasn't often that it was scoring draws in there. Yeah, disappointing one, but it was sixteen to eleven, so <laughs> it was it was quite a big price. But that's no get out, you know. value's there to be won, and it wasn't. So uh, an L for me in that call.
1: My outside of a shit. That uh, this game was boring I watched the semi-final upin uh, versus Standard Liège I took the home side in this semi-final upin were playing at home to win Standard liege won 1-1-0 they were never in it Liège strolled this game it was so so comfortable uh, I think and I think off the back of that it's then made me look back on the reason I picked them which was because Liège lost to Muscron who are terrible and you will now see the thread when I go into this, this
0: week's coming picks. week's picks yes well, my outsider I was actually delighted with. And even though it didn't come in, I'm still actually delighted with it. Shimizu S. Pulse versus Sagan Tosu. Sagantosu are being massively overpriced by bookies because they've not caught up or the markets haven't caught up to how good they are this year. So I'd back them away from home here at two to one. It actually ended nil nil, but I was gutted with this one because they had 16 goal attempts compared to Shimizu's four, seven shots on target compared to Shimizu's one. They had 65% of the possession as an away from home two to one underdog. Like they were, they were just massively overpriced. It's a real shame it didn't come in, but, um, I stand by that pick. In fact, I took it again midweek when they were, they were priced at two to one. Um, at home and they, and they won. They won two 0 against Kashima Raisen. was two one underdogs. So Sagan Tosu are a team to to watch out for.
2: They threw everything at them. Yeah. <laughs> really, they couldn't couldn't have given any more. Um, speaking of teams that gave everything, and Melania <laughs> gave Antalya Sport an absolute kicking and won this game four 0 I'd taken it as a draw on Antalya Spor's eight draws or seven draws in a row. It was not to be eight draws in a row and it was an absolute doing. So So uh, a bad, not a, I say a bad, but it's an outsider here. This is the point. Of, the point of the outside is take a chance, but I'd I'd much have preferred to maybe have lost 1-0 <laughs> to lose four. Uh, so yeah, that, that, no outsider
1: for me. And Talia Sport rested their entire 11-god on that game. I yeah. just checked the two lineups and to great effect because they then knocked out them 2-0 <laughs> in the cup. Midweek yeah. to go into the cup final. So yeah. what a fucking play that was! I know that is putting all your boss cu- putting all your money on red, and it coming yeah. up good.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it was know. a it was a yeah, but disappointing in that. But uh, yeah, that we did see if you if they if they drew this time, they could maybe draw again. But yeah, they they went they went they played the they played a difficult card.
1: Classic four nil draw. God, oh. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's it. <laughs>
1: over at a charity where it was not, not good for myself I called out Atletico Madrid away to Hatafe at even money I called out the fact that Hatafe had went 19 La Liga games without scoring against Atletico Madrid and it's now 20 but Atletico yeah. Madrid with 22 shots at goal could not break them down could not get, get that valuable goal I, it just baffled me I don't know what's going on because that they just they went and got knocked out of Chelsea last night as well they look all over the place just now they're still going to win that league but that that Hitafi thing really stung us. I think Charity was already dead, Gordo, is that right? I can't remember the cron the chronology of what we went through.
2: Well, I was actually Friday night uh, Saturday right. night, sorry, um, um because of how the French leagues have moved. But uh yeah, yeah that's what I it think, was. I was half time when you were full time. Yeah, uh, I had Sushu and Chateauroux and uh Soucho didn't tr- through tried to throw the book at them, didn't <laughs> Chateauroux got a nil nil draw at this game their only point in the last five <laughs> games um, came from this uh, disappointing Uh 4 to 5 as well at kick off so uh, ugh. not
0: pleasant and uh, my charity pick still hasn't been played yeah and over versus versburger kickers was postponed um so that actually meant a two out of three week for me mm. and uh and, and very very close on the outsider so i actually had
1: a pretty damn good week so I guess the summary there is that for the first time ever, our charity tribal had no goals. Yeah. Yeah, but, oh, come on. Like, I was
0: born <laughs> around there, but yeah, I did. I had no goals.
1: <laughs> How have you been getting on with uh, the Patreon episodes for Cheltenham then? God, I've seen the, the one that you called out that Andy was raving about.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I mentioned Vintage Clouds, uh, at, which robbed home at 28 to one. It's a fucking horse I love, man. And it was the only daft bet. Of, of where I was like, ah, uh, I, th- I think if I'm, I'm going to bag this horse, yeah, 20, but you're putting on for nostalgia reasons. Yeah, you're putting on for nostalgia I'm reasons, are, like you love it.
0: It was wonderful, yeah, but it,
2: and it came and it came really good. And it also, it's down to like a mark that it has previously won at as well. Um, but a 11 year old horse, and it's do you know? I think there's something so nice about a, a grey. Um, it's kind of grey and white horse. It just looks like shadowfax, you know, <laughs> like when it's running. Um, so I'm I'm always very pleased with Vintage Clouds wins, and at 28 to one some serious spice in that yeah and,
1: and thanks again for everyone that's donated to the patreon and joined the patreon this week because it's making it really worthwhile when people are, are giving back into it and there's the stuff there to cover our costs. when andy and god door well, well andy you're you're on annual leave but you're still working
0: in I, 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 I had to be i had to be on annual leave this week it would have been absolutely impossible to do this otherwise <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make the impossible happen so <laughs>
1: let's move on to this week's picks. So Saturday 24 March, I'm going to kick us off unsurprisingly for the fifth week in a row in the Australian A-League and Saturday morning, Sydney FC versus Melbourne victory. Melbourne who can't buy a victory it seems just now. I'm going for a goal in the second half. It really inflated John Walker odds of 2-9. to That's on hell's I take
0: it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Am I being brave? Did you you feel that? Yeah, so John And it's worth pointing this out to people looking for these markets. That'll be on Hills, won't it? Because Hills are always substantially better in the second half goals market than any other bookie, if you can get on early on your picks. It's such a
1: catch-22. Melbourne victory, a team that concede a lot of first-half goals as well. Mm. See if I can find you a team that don't concede in the first half. I will specifically tell you to wait until half-time to put a bet on. Because obviously if the game's free all, you're going to get terrible odds on a second half goal. If a game's nil nil, those odds are going to have improved. That's just the simple way it is. However, Melbourne Victory have conceded in the last five um, second halves. Two of those second halves, there was five goals in the second halves. There was two last week when I picked it and called out these same stats. Their second halves are averaging 2.7 goals a game. That's either for or against. At two to nine, even if I said one to five, I think it's one to six on the worst market I've seen. It's an absolute banker. It, it's these picks are only to be added if you know William Hill and Paddy Power used to do that ACA insurance, where you needed like a six team or a six selection. Mm. This is what this would be for if I was just trying to get one over the line that I knew was safe odds. It would get me my ACA insurance back if one of my other picks that John didn't condone came in, came, didn't come good. <laughs> But this is this is so good that this game's going to have more than one goal. But I'm take more than one a, goal. No, because goals. I want to get if my I bank. I... I want to get my bankers in. I want to get a wee banker roll going. Um, this game will have the the necessary goals, one hundred percent.
0: Cool. Um, so similar to to your thing, John. Like if you've got a good thing, just keep it rolling. Sunday, six a.m. in the Japanese J League, Urawa Red Diamonds versus Kawasaki Frontale. I'll of course be taking Kawasaki away from home this time at odds of 4-11. to 11. So Kawasaki, top of the league, unbeaten through six matches, despite that horrendous draw midweek in the <laughs> 100th minute. Um, Uruwa have been poor in 2021. Uh, they have five points from five games. They've only scored three goals all season, uh, but they've conceded six. It should be noted, all five of their points have come from their three home games so far. But their three home games are a nil-nil draw with Shonen, which isn't good. A one-each draw with Tokyo, not exactly great. Their win was against Yokohama, who are bottom of the table with zero points from five games, so it's not exactly brilliant. I see this as a reasonably easy Kawasaki Frontale away from home win. At odds of four to eleven.
1: I, I I really like this. It's key to note that last season in both fixtures, Kawasaki also scored three goals against them, and yeah. I think it will follow. suit. So again, I know that. Um, Uruwa have conceded three goals twice this season already I can see them taking a, an absolute
0: cuffing well at... let's, let's hope so I, w- I, I would like it for this one to be um, sort of settled by half time
1: I mean even if a 3-0 up Andy still cash out in 95
2: minutes right so you, <laughs> <know>. <laughs> you lose equity Andy <laughs> um, uh, yeah Kawasaki what more can you say there Uh on an Asian theme and staying with an Asian team, I am going for uh, the Korean first division, but I'm changing allegiance. I'm moving away from Ulsan Hyundai, who, as I mentioned, drew midweek with Jeju. Now, Jeju are a bit of a surprise package in this league. Uh, they have came up promoted. They've drawn five, uh, they've, they've played five games. They've drawn four and won one. So they're really hard to beat. They've got draws against both John Buck, who I'm going to back this week. And Osan uh, Hyundai. So they've, they've done good work since they've coming up. They're, they've, they're frustrating these big teams and they're picking up points. Now, so as I mentioned, John Buck's only blemish so far, they've played five games, has been against Jeju. The rest they've won home and away, eh, which has put them at the top of the league. Their opponents this week are Suwon City, who have only picked up two points from their first five games. Suwon City lost last week 4-1 against Incheon. They lost 2-1 against Songnam. They drew 0-0 with Suwon. Uh, they drew 0-0 with Suwon. Yet, uh, they beat, they got beat by Seoul 3-0 and they drew one each with Daegu. They're not scoring many goals. They're conceding a lot. They're second bottom of the league after five games. You know, they scored three, conceded 10. John Buck have scored 10, conceded four. I think John Buck are going to have far too much for them and that's why you're getting them at the price of 5-11. So I'm going to be taking John Buck this week, 5-11. to 11.
1: And John Buck beat Seoul 2-0. Who yeah, beat Seoul yeah. 3-0 three weeks ago? So it's like... 5-0 oh, incoming. Is that when, you? when, you're st- when you're looking at stats and you've only got
2: five weeks of the season, it's brilliant when you can see they've played the same team, well, just J- as J- a comparison. J- John Buck and Ilsan um, Hyundai are the two teams that tend to concede, uh, compete for this league every yep. year. So uh, very happy with that. Sue one were actually promoted last season up to this league as well, but they're not doing the Jeju thing. They're doing the Su one thing of drawing two and losing three. So in, five to eleven. And your odds are
1: five to eleven, four to eleven for Andy and I've went really high on two to nine. So that's actually like <laughs> a really high banker. Yeah, banker that's maybe, maybe too risky. I maybe maybe I need to lower my units that I put on it. <laughs> On the value, I'm going to the Drupal League in Belgium. I'm going Muscron versus Ustend. So I mentioned Muscron earlier because I picked Upen to beat Standard Liège in the semi-final last week on the basis that Muscron beat Standard Liège. What I should have done was look into that game in greater detail and look at the highlights. Standard Liège absolutely battered them and it was their own goal from Standard Liège from a corner. It was they never had a shot. Muscron um, never had a shot in target in that game he managed to win 1-0 standard Liège pummeled them so in hindsight I probably shouldn't have bet against standard Liège last weekend and for the same reason I'm taking back any faith that I would have in Muscron who registered their one win in the last 10 I think it is with that win over standard Liège for Ustend who are currently 4th in the league so this Ustend won this reverse fixture in November 3-0 at home as I mentioned Muscron have beat standard Liège, but I'm ignoring that because they got pummeled um, Ustend have only lost three times in the last 10 league games and part of the way they play is really controlling the ball and Muscron, Muscron tend to give up possession which they did in the reverse fixture when they beat 3-0 it was 3-0 going on 5 or 6 Ustend look really good and they're going for a I think, I think the highest they've finished is 5th in that league in like the last 12 years so this would be like a record and if they win they're keeping pressure on Genk uh, who they're only three points behind. I think they can really push for the Champions League spots in Belgium. And I don't see Muscron being a team that can stop them. I think the odds are 12 to 11, is it 12 to 11? Yeah, 12 to 11 is too good for Ustend. They're a really good side. Ignore the the loss to Courtright, because that was a friendly midweek, which threw me even. I was first checking the stats. Ustend didn't have the first team out for that game. So they lost to Ghent recently, but they played really well. Ustend are a really good side. I, I feel really comfortable backing this. I've watched enough of this league. I watched the full Muscron game against Herk two weeks ago. They're pish. And Ustend have beat Herk home and away this season. 12 to is mispriced. It's going to be a tight game, but I, I, th- I think Ustend will win 2-0. Two, two, I, I think they'll get through this one.
2: I don't like this pick at all. Uh, as as the only thing that I mentioned to you, John, was that it's just so so tight, and there's pro and for me, there's probably better value kicking about in the championship and in, in various different leagues. However, there was one other thing I wanted to bring up. Did anyone see that the Belgian and Dutch leagues, the top fifteen teams or twenty five teams, are planning to a merger yeah. into like the, the Benelux, uh, Benelux league or the Benelux? Benelux league, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really interesting. And I seen people like. <laughs> oh, who wants to watch Ajax versus Gink? Me?
0: That's a fucking Europa League tie right there. Um, Look, if this... I mean, it it, it poses greater questions um, closer to home that if mergers like this do start happening, does it make it more possible that you see things in the United Kingdom on a similar basis?
2: I I wouldn't like that to happen, to be honest, I think... Um, but I understand why people fancy it because it's always the thing about like when Cardiff played Newcastle, it's like that's just as close as various other um, like ties there could be for old firm teams. Um, but yeah, so interesting, John. But I think I, I don't. I hope you're correct, but I would shade a draw in there.
1: Yeah, it's has got nah. Jack Jack Henry's got this
2: covered. Um, yeah big man well he's, now he's got capped Mate, I well, hope it doesn't ca- go his head ca- he's been
1: capped before but he'll be capped be capped Again. in the next break after Usten beat Muscron, uh 2-0 and Jack Henry keeps a clean sheet because people will be watching now because they won not
0: there before um, okay. yeah this is coming in my value picks Sunday morning um, for all intents and purposes it's Saturday night it's 5am in the morning <laughs> UK time Japanese J-League Sagan Tosu versus Avispa Fukuoka Um, spoke about Sagan Tosu at the the top of the show Um, they're third in the table unbeaten 13 points from five games the big reason that they're unbeaten is they're yet to concede a goal in 2021 Um, you can't lose matches if the other team never scores Avispa Fukuoka are one of the league's new boys they got promoted last year they have a decent seven points from five games but it's still a big ask to go away to an unbeaten team Um, a top flight regular that isn't conceding goals I think an even money price on Sagan Tosu, so you are get them at 7-8 just now, so close to even money is more than fair, <coughs> especially after I watched them beat Kashima all 2-0 midweek at home, um, where they were massively overpriced at 15-8. At home against the, the new team in Nili, you get around even money, represents good value for me.
2: That's pick of the week for me, after you posted that. In the group. I really, really like, after after seeing how well they've done recently as well, eh, great shout a great shout in there. I
1: think we're about to go into better than though. Yeah, so it
2: seems so mispriced. Yeah, so Sunderland versus Lincoln City. Uh this is on Saturday, 3 p.m., one of Andy's traditional kickoffs. Um Sunderland have won eight of their last ten games. They've drawn two in that instance. One of them was in the cup against opponents, Lincoln City, who they're playing. Lincoln City have went really off the boil. So Sunderland are in a third place in the league with 63 points. Lincoln are in a fourth place in the league with 61 points. That doesn't tell you how well Sunderland have been playing. Sunderland have taken 13 points from the last five. Lincoln have taken four. So they're in a bit of a rut at the moment. Sunderland have also signed Ross Stewart from uh, Ross County, who scored on his debut last night coming on as a sub. I think they'll probably start him in uh, this game against Lincoln City. Sunderland are on an absolute tear at the moment. And if you look at, I love backing teams that have big green stripes and they're doing really, really well. So you're getting Sunderland at the rather spicy odds of nine to 10. And this is just to to take points off a Lincoln City side that, you know, in the last five games have not been doing much at all. So I'm happy with those odds at nine to 10.
1: Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Uh, Sunderland. Yeah, I've only really kept an eye on Sunderland because I keep seeing um, Jordan Jones, yeah, name pop up, and I'm, then I seen McGiddy's assist for the the goal in the final against Tranmere, and I'm like, fucking hell, man! And then that was when I started to look at their form, mm-hmm. and then dumb, I usually do. I looked at the form, totally forgot about it, and then when you're picking for, it, I went, fucking hell, that's yeah. fucking, uh, that, They've been fucking amazing. It's the fact they've not they have not. They've, not they've, what, they've kept seven clean sheets in the last eight as yeah. well. Don't concede goals, you don't fucking lose games.
2: The, uh, <laughs> the, Aiden McGeady brings up an interesting uh, interesting point Here is the only person, the only time I've ever taken serious flack on Twitter, um, ever, or like any tweet has ever made this happen was I was in Florida with my girlfriend at the time and got my picture taken holding a giant reptile at sh- a reptile show holding a massive snake. And I said, Great to meet Aidan McGeady and tagged him <laughs> in it. And uh, and got absolutely fucking lambasted by, I think, the Peterborough fans and a whole bunch of Republic Ireland fans as well Been like, he fucking chose his home country. I was like, nah, fuck off. Like, I'm not taking this part. I'm not taking this shite. Um, so yeah, I, I hold great disdain for Aidan McGeady and his life choices. Um, but he is performing very well for Sunderland.
1: I fucking honestly, did you see... Uh, Old Firm Facts does it on Twitter every single week, oh, every it's so, single yeah. year but do you see the tweet the tweet he does before it. he goes, I'll do the tweet someone will comment, he'll have his time we'll move on from the tweet yeah. and then the next one it's like, Happy St Paddy's Day or as we know in Scotland, a load of people pretend to be Irish or Aidan McGeady yeah, it's one of the two <laughs> <laughs> the dogs obviously had under it, it's like
2: it's yeah, just, uh, every yeah.
1: year but yeah, Sunderland will win God though
2: <laughs> yeah, I tried to, do you know what, I tried to try to back them last night and misclicked and clicked on Tranmere, didn't realise I'd done it, and lost uh, a coupon that I had Norwich and Bayern on with, uh, which is rather frustrating. And it, and it's down to a bookie called Bet Bull and their UI, because when you scroll down, like, it just goes... Flex up, yeah. Uh, so go down, because I was certain I'd backed, I went in to collect my cash, I was like, I have been rumbled. <laughs> Skybet's got
1: that same UI problem now, it's doing my boxing when I'm going yeah. through selecting leagues. Like It just keeps pinging back to the top. Yeah, like. it, and, like, it, it shoots thing's... to the top. So annoying. But no, I really like that pick. Uh, just... John, Jones Mickey Day and Ross Stewart and uh, Wilkes up front. Just, die there's too much there. My outsider is in the Croatian League. This is a really tight game. Um, it's it's more form than anything else. Slavin Balupo versus Istra. These are the two of the bottom three. I'm taking the away side Istra at 15-8. So just under 2-1. This is a team with... This is the worst home record against the worst away record. Um, but Slavin haven't won in eight league games and Istra have won four on the spin. So it's just that bit of form that I think is going to be enough to get Istra the win here. It'll be a narrow win. But like I said, if you look at that uh, worst away record, they've picked up six of those... Po- six of the seven points away from home for the season in the last two weeks. So there, there has obviously been a change that was against... Um, I can't remember who it was against, but it was against teams that are the second worst home record and the third worst home record. But they did draw with Gorica, who are the third best home side. So there is a clear up, uptick in their form. I don't know if maybe they bought people in the transfer window. We don't have that much knowledge in this podcast. I can't go finding out who Easter have signed in January. But I think that the four wins in a row and reaching the semi final of the Croatian Cup is, is something that's really changed their mood. And Slavon Bilipo, seven losses in eight, one draw. They've won the cup game it just looks like a team that are in free fall and I think they're going to really struggle to stay away from that relegation zone. It's the same teams all the time, Slaven Belupo, Vazidin and Istra. We've been doing this for three years and they're always at the bottom.
2: Yeah, the same, same three. Yeah, same three. I don't think they relegate anyone in that league. No, no, just keep it going.
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, Slavin Belupo versus Istra, the away side, Istra at 15-8.
0: So for my outsider, I'm taking a similarly priced away side uh, in the English Premier League, the Friday night game on TV at 8pm, Fulham versus Leagues so Bamford's still questionable for this match, um, and I guess that's one of the reasons you're probably getting leads at 2-1. Uh, Fulham's still in the relegation zone, struggling to score goals. They've only managed five goals across the last eight matches. They're also the league's worst-performing home team. They've only picked up 10 points from 15 home games this season, and one of the big reasons for that is their lack of home goals. So they average around half a goal per home game, which, which isn't good by any standard. <laughs> Um, they've only scored eight goals at home whilst conceding 21. Leeds' is away form has been okay. One-sixth lost eight. No draws. So there's a team that doesn't like to draw, which is why I'm going to take them for, for a win. And you'll hear my charity pick later being in the way double chance. I easily could have switched the to. Um, they looked solid in their last outing. A 0-0 performance against Chelsea. So I can see them pushing on from there. So I'm happy to take a 2-1 shot on Leeds United.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, okay. It totally depends on Bamford, like you yeah. said. For me, if Bamford doesn't play this as a draw, but Bamford, because I what when he came off against was it Chelsea? Chelsea last week. Chelsea. When he came off, Leeds look so flat without him. Like there's n- there's nobody replaces him. It's that simple. Yeah, Rodrigo came on and then came, came off again. Off. That's, the like, that's, the happened same that's happened twice this season. Yeah, yeah. He's a get like
2: he's the guy that's obviously get an hour in him and no more. So if he has to come <laughs> off, he has to go back on. I, in my outsider, uh, I'm in the Italian Sierra B, and it will not surprise you that I am taking teams to draw. These are two teams towards the bottom of the league, 16th and 17th place. This is Casenza versus Reggiana. Tied on points, 28 points each. Casenza scored 23, conceded 29. Reggiana scored 24, conceded 46 goals. both teams are absolutely rank rotten. Casenza um, in their last 15 uh, games, have drawn eight, uh, and have drawn actually their last two um, games that they've played. Those were against LR Vicenza and Salaterna. Um, Reggiana have lost their last four games in the spin, drawing 0-0 with Salaterna the game before. I can see this game being a 0-0 draw. <laughs> uh it just looks like two. It, it's very similar to that pick I gave a couple of weeks ago with Cadiz and uh, I think it was Elche, in that these two teams are awful and nothing will happen in this game. <laughs> um, that is why I propose to take them as a draw and at two to one you can get this at. I'm very happy with those odds.
1: Mind we slagged this league for having no goals, and I've Aye. just watched Leche back to back score
2: four goals in three games in a row.
1: Yeah, you live th-
2: John, I think there's a point in the league where the the, the where I don't know, the head honchos come down and go, right, it can't be that fucking obvious, right? Score some goals <laughs> a couple of weeks <laughs> like that, and then at the end of the season they all just go back to drawing nil-nil with each other. Um, <laughs> and this we, we cannot have that. Um so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take them to draw here and uh, two to one is good for that for me.
1: Yeah, I yeah, both these teams are shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could have
2: have just summed up with that,
1: to be honest. Yeah. Nah, I like like it. I like it just because I know enough about the league. Um, Yeah. For the charity treble, I'm doing something that we always kind of say we wouldn't do or we don't do, we wouldn't bring forward an obvious bet. However, the old firm is on Sunday, and I feel this bet is clear as day coming up. It's happened in the last two league games that these two guys have started against each other. It's Scott Brown and Alfredo Morelos. The both of them to get carded has previously been as low as 7-5. to five. You're currently getting a 10-3 to three this game coming up. And I don't know if it's because they don't know if Morelos will start because Rangers have Europe on Thursday night. I don't know if they think Rangers might tamper with their team a little bit if they go through in Europe, so it might change. But for me, they both start. Um, these two players genuinely dislike each other, or at least... Alfredo Morelos definitely dislikes Scott Brown because he's always got a flashpoint with him, whether it's kicking out at him, elbowing him, or trying to punch him in the last old firm, which he should have been sent off for. Morelos mm. has been booked in the last four old firms he's played in. Brown never started the one at Ibrooks, but the last two league games these two guys have started at Parkhead, both been
0: carded. So, do you, Do you think with the... Uh, the social media and the, and, and the political interest in this game and all the chat around it from non-football fans, that there might be, I don't know, an expectation or at least the clubs would want to see a nothing game here. Like a, a boring nothing happens. Players aren't that riled up for it. The league's already done. Let's just, you know, let's just go out and, and cause no trouble. If
1: If Rangers weren't currently unbeaten, in the league yes however right. I think that poses a problem and that if the rules were reversed and I was a fan of the reversed situation I mm-hmm. would not want to see Rangers go unbeaten a full season and that yeah, be okay. the way that they ended the domination because Celtic had the amazing invincible season so I would be like right we're going to at least put the blemish of he's a fucking loss now and yeah. I think that and I think you've got I think if you look at Merellose's disciplinary record, it is so vastly improved. But if you if you look at the way he behaved in that old firm, at Ibrox, it Scott Brown, it seems to be a, a It just seems to snap anytime he sees him. Like <laughs> he should have been sent off on three different occasions for yeah. fouls on Scott Brown, and his other yellow cards, who he's not been sent off. Have came
0: for fouls on Scott Brown. So, yeah, but, I mean, you're 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 also showing a pattern there of refs unwilling to send them to off, send maybe, them off, but not bit, to book quite happy to book them. Okay. Yeah, no, I like it. I, I do like it. I'm just asking the sort of obvious questions that would surround
1: it. And, and the other, on the flip side, because Brown's disciplinary record is, is vastly improved since he's sending off against Livingston. Scott Brown, what tends to happen? And it, it's me trying to predict how I think the game will go, but Rangers, hmm. I would imagine will control the possession because they have done in the, well, they did in the parkhead game. Celtic were brilliant at Ibrox for an hour. Um, But what tends to happen, see if Celtic have been slack at all, Scott Brown does often take a yellow card to kind of rile people up and get the team going. I've seen him do it in old forms before when Celtic have been dominant, and he has done that. And I just think that we play it. I I don't see how we get out without a flashpoint in this game. And, I mean, if I said to you, pick two a player on either side that's going to be involved in a flashpoint. That's the two you're going to pick. It's 10-3 that's pulled me in. More than three one for these two. I don't know why it's so high. I said to God, though, I wish it wasn't four days before payday. <laughs> I didn't yeah. quite big on it. But yeah, that's that's my charity pick. I think on Sunday afternoon.
0: So my charity pick is Sunday morning. So this will this will happen before your game, uh, seven a.m. back in Japan in the J1 League, the Kashima Antlers versus Nagoya Grampus Eight. Um, and for the purposes of the charity bet, I'm going to pick Nagoya to not lose this game. So a wear or draw. Nagoya are second in the table through five matches unbeaten in the 2021 season. In fact, unbeaten in their last 11 games, uh, stretching back before then, nine of which have actually been wins. So this isn't just scrabbling together some draws and winning occasionally. This is winning consistently with a couple of draws in the mix. They've won their last four away from home matches in a row and They've only conceded one goal all season, so pretty damn good. Uh, the Antlers—they have four points from four games, and they haven't looked that great. Their last match was a one 0 loss away at newly promoted Avispa Fukuoka. I really, really like Nagoya here, and I'll definitely be taking them for the straight-up win at huge odds, twenty-three to ten. Um, but for the purposes of the charity, I'll include that draw safety net, and I'll take the double chance. So away or draw is seven to ten. Which is which is a big price for this, considering I strongly fancy the away win anyway.
2: Yeah, like a lot, and it's, I should, sim- you know. it's similar to what I
1: said about Sunderland. If you don't concede mm. goals, can't lose games. So uh,
2: this that that's so mispriced. The yeah, it is isn't it? Double chance is brilliant, man. <laughs> and I hopefully round off the charity treble this week with Bayern versus Stuttgart, and uh, I'm going to be taking both teams to score in this game. Bayern, whilst dominating the league, are conceding a lot of goals. And they're conceding a lot of goals to teams that, you know, are everywhere in the league. You know, midweek in Champions League, they conceded one to Lazio. They conceded a goal to Bremen. They conceded two to Dortmund. One to Cologne. One again to Lazio before that. They beat Frankfurt when I, I backed them. They conceded two. They conceded three against Bielefeld they're conceding a lot of goals uh, and stuttgart are scoring a lot of goals uh, stuttgart have, have, have scored in the last four games that they've played um, i think it's good um good value here for for that to be uh, the pick and you're getting that at what i consider the rather spicy odds of 4 to 11
1: i I like, I like it just because I think, I think i even said to you that both teams to score and win market's probably quite decent in that just because Sorry, six
2: to eleven. Apologies, I'm not I'm not quite John John Walker level of uh, picking things. But uh, <laughs> my charity is 3 this week, man. <laughs> that's good. That, that's fine. It's, you're finally coming out of your shell. Um, yeah, so I like that. I like the pick. Yeah, I like it.
1: I think I think it's really really good. I think it's really strong. Bayern have conceded in the last ten Bundesliga games. That's that says it all. The the they the fact that they were playing games with Sulla at right back, who can't move, is no. why they're conceding goals. They concede from set pieces. All the fucking time as well, yeah. All the time, they just have a blemish where they go. We we'll probably score three or four, so we can afford we can afford that, and then we'll just sign Leipzig's best centre half in the summer. We'll be yeah, right. solve that problem. <laughs> so that that was the charity treble. You guys getting else to update? Is there any more Cheltenham episodes that Patreons are about to be hit with? Yeah,
0: so we um, recorded the Friday show um, about an hour before we before we did this one, John. Uh, so the Friday show will be uh, hitting Patreon on Thursday evening Um, and my cheat sheet for the racing, I've been putting all my picks down as well on a a bit of paper so that you can see them, so if you do fancy getting involved in some of that, obviously it backs the podcast, it helps us out uh, but you also get access to a whole lot of other new material um, one of which will be the full preview for day four of the Cheltenham Festival if you go to patreon.com forward slash tramplebet just now you can get access to that before Friday's racing um, there's also the Facebook group uh, search Trampled Bet Podcast on Facebook ask to join the group um, we'll let you in come join the community we've got a couple of hundred members uh, all giving thoughts and advice Josh Kraska this week uh, shout out to him who's been putting his Cheltenham write-ups um, in there uh, always worth a read really good stuff uh, Freddie Quinn as well has been putting putting his thoughts of the races in there's a all different sorts of people from all different backgrounds interested in all sorts of sports sharing all their best bets for you to have a look and a pour over and maybe add them to your ACAs and whatnot. It's a, it's a great resource.
1: Okie doke. that was the podcast. Have a good weekend. Happy hunting. Bye. The Trample Bet Podcast is produced by John Walker and Gary Black, part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Find the next show you'll love at sport social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast
0: Network.